One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Because I just think my guest today is a 90s queen. I just get that mood from her. Welcome to Natch Butte, everybody. Welcome to Natch Butte. It is a lovely day here. I am on my period, but you know what? It's beautiful. The moon is out. I'm I'm a woman. I'm in my cycle. It's lovely, and I'm sharing that with all of you today. Welcome to Natch Butte, the beauty podcast where we feel beautiful and we talk about ways to make the world a better place. Through our beauty, through our fun, and that is what we're going to be talking about today. I am your host and your guide, Jackie J, the beauty talk shock jock, your queen of creams, the host with the most serums and freshest fringe on the West Coast, your favorite over 30 niche influencer, your kooky Southern Jewish aunt. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. My guest today, I write an intro for all my guests. I don't even have one written because my guest has been on Ashtabute before, and We have a rapport together. We DM. So I wanted to go off the cuff with this, and I'm just going to declare my guest today is the founder of, y'all can quote me, go ahead, Harper's Bazaar, I'm waiting for the article, my favorite makeup brand. My favorite makeup brand, okay? It is on the record. I said it. Her products are gorgeous and fun. I have them all. I have a beautiful fan of her palettes in my hands. Her products are fun, but they make the world a better place. Her brand is Aether Beauty, and it is crystal-infused makeup that is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, organic, and recyclable. And there's no child labor. There's no forced label, honey. Everybody has a good time with Aether. And she is here to catch us up on the brand. The brand has gone through a lot of changes and shifts and turns. There's a lot going on in the sustainable beauty world, and she hasn't been here in... It's almost been two years, so we needed an update there's a lot of exciting things happening over at Aether. She dropped the E. We're going to talk about it. So please welcome Tyla Abbott to Natchbute. Welcome back. Yay. So awesome to be here. Thank you so much, Jackie. And thank you so much for that beautiful opening. I appreciate it. Are you a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan? Uh, 
Oh, sure. They're not my favorite, but yeah, I can get down. But did you recognize the song? Oh, of course. Okay. That's all I want is to arouse uh, a nostalgia. And Uh so we love Tyla. Thank you for being here. I believe last time you were here, I did ask you the intro questions, but I have to ask them again because things might have changed for you. So can you please tell us what type of skin do you have? I have combo skin, although now it's way drier in the desert. Yes, honey. We got to slather up. Mm -hmm. All the oils. Bring on the oils. Ooh, we'll talk about your oil in a minute. Uh, I've been having so much fun with it. Okay. Tyla, new question that I've started asking. What is the first beauty product that you remember using or buying at the early stages of your life? Do you remember? Yeah. Like, I was such a lip smackers girl mm-hmm. when I was young, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade sort of deal. And after that, it, I got so into nail polish. Like, I mm-hmm. used to just buy every single color you could get at like Walgreens or CVS, but definitely lip smackers, the Coca Cola, the Cherry Coke, all those. The Dr. Flavors. Pepper one mm-hmm. really hit for me, even though I don't think it smelled like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but that scent will forever be in my heart and my mind. Exactly. And I love how those scents just bring you right back. Lip smackers are still around. Mm -hmm. I I know. know. They're probably full of disgusting chemicals and things we don't want on our damn mouth. But they are still around if you're ever feeling nostalgic for that smell. Totally. Okay, Tyla, because I do consider you a, a 90s queen, I wanted to ask you as my, I always throw a wild card intro question. What's your favorite 90s song? And I know there's so many to choose from. There are so many. There really are. But... I had I chose what my favorite was back then growing mm-hmm. up. So my go-to song was Cannonball by the Breeders. So. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. honey, I'm telling you, only a '90s queen would have given that answer. You lived <laughs> up to the hype. I love that. Perfect. Me and my fucking bestie answer. would blast that song everywhere that we would get to the point where I hear it now and I still belt it out and scream it takes it. you right back. Totally, it's so good. I, you put on that lip smacker. You just say, Jesus, take the wheel. Exactly. Welcome to the 90s. Oh, great answer. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so happy. Any answer would have been great, but that's like a little bit of a, not a deep cut, but like only someone very passionate about that song would choose. <laughs> I, I love it. Okay, Tyler, my last warm-up question is, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Probably my ability to go back and forth between left and right brain. So Mm. I'm a creative person, but I'm also have a really smart side for understanding like business. So I think that's really hard to find in people. You're either one or the other. And that to me has just brought me success in my career and path, but it makes me like just good at life and good at like solving problems, especially with like my kids or my home, but just having like creative solutions. I have none of the the math brain. Like I give me some finger paints and I'll call it a day. Yeah. See, I was in like AP chemistry and like definitely succeeded in math, but it was just too boring for me Mm -hmm. to study besides like high school and stuff. But Very impressive. We love a well-rounded queen using both sides of the brain, honey. Okay, Miss Tyla. So everybody that's been listening to Nashville for a long time heard our first episode. You have a ton of honeys that are fans of your brand. But in case somebody didn't hear that episode, they're a new listener of Nashville. Can you maybe tell us about Aether Beauty, the ethos of the brand, your whole vibe? 
Totally. So to give everyone a little bit of a background because it shows how I got here, Mm -hmm. but I used to be the head of product development for Sephora for over seven years in charge of their private label Sephora collection brand and makeup collaborations. And basically after a while, I just started to have a disconnect with formulating conventional cosmetics and living this like wellness organic lifestyle. So I've been a vegetarian for over 28 years. I worked as an organic cooking college. I had an organic couch made because I'm terrified of fire retardants. So to make myself feel better because I really loved my job, I uh, volunteered there and became their head of research and development for sustainability for Sephora. And I just started going to sustainable cosmetic conferences and really learning about the packaging issue in the industry. At the same time, Sephora was ideating their clean category and the buyers brought me in to try all of these brands that were coming up as uh, potential brands for Sephora to bring in. And I just had never been so bored at meetings at Sephora. You were bored at Sephora. Well, with the options that we were being presented. So you're used to seeing formula innovation and colors and trends. And this was a few years ago because the space has definitely changed, but I was just sitting there and I was like, I know I can do this better. Mm -hmm. I I know I can formulate better. I was sick and tired of going to other clean beauty retailers, spending a ton of money doing my makeup. And then two hours later, it would be gone. Like as a working mom, I don't have the time to just reapply. And I just knew what the client was looking for, saw that in my opinion, in the next five to 10 years, there will be no such thing as clean. Everybody will be clean, but it'll Mm -hmm. be like different definitions of it. But then what sort of left? And I really, I was one of those kids that was, grew up with Urban Decay, grew up with a bunch of really creative brands. And I love like Natasha Denona. I love Fenty. I love Pat McGrath textures. I just don't like the ingredients that are being used. For me, I was like, I'm not the only one. What was being presented was really options for the no makeup, makeup, natural sort of girl. But I was like, it's not only the like natural girl that wants safe ingredients. I'm like, I want freaking performance. So I left in April, 2018 and I launched the brand in June. The concept is really bringing this like, ethical lens to the beauty industry. So that was always left out of the conversation. And I just did my own research. I started going to recycling facilities. I talked to packaging engineers in the space. I read like article after article and was talking to raw materials, uh, raw ingredient suppliers, and just really finding out the ins and outs. You know, For me, looking at these clean beauty brands, I was like, huh. So the EPA reported that a third of the landfill is coming from the beauty industry. You know how many industries there are? Like, that's insanity. It makes perfect sense if you think about it, because all these little bottles and things, they have nowhere else to go. And especially the consuming issue Mm -hmm. of just... When something comes out, everybody has to have it. And then you realize, oh, wait, I only have one face. I don't Mm -hmm. need 55 serums. Mm -hmm. It's truly, that's a huge part of the issue is just consuming too much. A hundred percent. A new brand launches every other day. Mm -hmm. A new product launches all the time. And then the packaging is just a huge issue. So there's over 120 billion with a B 
units of single use packaging created for the beauty industry every year. And that just didn't sit right with me. And so I didn't want to be responsible for creating anything anymore that my kids would be responsible for cleaning up later. I was just done with it. And I wanted to create something that had more of a positive spin to it. And, you know, the word aether is just a really old word. The Greeks considered it the air that gods breathe and Aristotle consider it the fifth element to earth, air, fire, water. So it's bridging like the earth and the cosmos because I wanted to bring some positivity because when you start talking about this stuff, you start talking about ingredients, you start talking about sustainability. We all feel bad, right? right. <laughs> like the, we're putting the world on fire. So I wanted to, you know, make up for me is such a powerful tool that it is an instant self-esteem booster. Like there's nothing more powerful than that, in my opinion. So being able to create more positivity in a world full of doom and gloom all the time, we're bombarded with all this information at like the touch of your phone. So how do I make someone feel better? So I wanted to make a feel good product where I was sourcing organic fair trade, child labor-free ingredients. There's there's a bunch of prison and forced labor that people don't talk about in the beauty industry too. And then making sure my packaging was as sustainable as possible. You know, I just kept asking questions. I didn't reinvent the wheel, but I just kept, I was asking my paper supplier, okay, if I use this laminate or this sort of printing, can it be recycled? And then they'd have to figure it out and come back to me. And it just took a little bit to get off the ground running. But once I really understood how our infrastructure works, then it just became a lot easier. So just taking the sustainable lens into everything that I'm building from sourcing ingredients, packaging, but also looking at shipping, looking at giving back, um, I donate 1% of sales to 1% for the planet. So each product actually has a different charity tied to it. And then I started doing, which I know you have questions about, but doing a partnership with uh, Box with our shipping. But we also offer carbon neutral shipping. Since we've last chatted, I launched the world's first 100% recycled and 100% recyclable liquid lip. I mean, that um, is wild. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be launching the world's first fully recyclable mascara at the end of this year. Oh my god. So gosh. many things. Up the, the recycling up my never ends. I know. So just trying to be mindful about the products I put out there. I'm not trying to just put tons of product out there because just like you said, every day there's a new product launch, like really being mindful of what's going out into the world and making sure they're multi-use and people can use them more effectively. I was going to try to put on my Aether uh, lip, but I don't want to make any more noise. So <laughs> fabulous. Tyla's up to a lot. Okay. Tyla's been up to a lot. So she had to come back and you just touched on some of the things, but since you were last here, tell us, What's been happening with the brand? You just said some of the things. Mm -hmm. I know you dropped the E. We need to update everybody who knows about the company. <laughs> the Aether is now Aether with not, without the E. Yeah, so it's A-T-H-R. Lots of different reasonings behind oh, it. Oh, you dropped both E's. Yeah, both E's. Honey, get out. We don't need her. <laughs> we don't need her anymore. Get walking, E. Basically, when I started the brand... 
I completely bootstrapped this and I was the only employee for over two years. You know, I had to do what I had to do. And mm -hmm. when I first launched the brand, I didn't hire a crazy, not crazy, but I didn't hire a graphic designer to like fully design a logo. It was basically font that I could find mm -hmm. and took a lot of back steps after two years because... When you piecemeal things together, it doesn't always look so good when you step back and look at it. So I started to realize, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I need a little bit of a brand refresh. I wanted to make a stronger, stronger stand in the beauty space. So the word Aether, the old spelling, A-E-T-H-E-R, there's over 300 different companies in all different sectors that have that name. So I wanted to have a little bit more of a stronger branding. So I worked with a great graphic designer and we came up with this solution, which I really like because it's super sleek, but it like still touches on how the old, how the brand did look and feel. And then I've been able to build out my team. So instead of me doing things that I shouldn't be doing, like knee deep in Excel or ads or anything, that's just not my area of expertise. I've been able to hire some people where it is. And we've done like deep dives onto how well the website functions and like basic things that I'm like, what? This is a thing. There is a reason why someone might add to cart and not complete the transaction and things that blow my mind that I'm just like, holy shit. Um, we did a brand new website. So completely built from the ground up, completely new content. So again, I was taking content as best I can with my phone. I'm not a professional photographer. There are many brands who've built that way, but yeah, just needed something to look a little bit better because I'm playing with the big boys now. Mm -hmm. Like my sales just keep growing, which is amazing. And wanted to just be able to just really resonate more with the consumer. I relate a lot to everything you just said because I am also a one-woman enterprise. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. It's, there's this episode of I Love Lucy where they go to a little town and there's two old people running the whole town and they keep putting on different hats. I'm the fire department. I'm the police. I run the hotel. Like That's me. That's you. That's a lot of people with a small business. And it's it, so I remember when you used to be like, I'm the one employee. So uh -huh. I love that you have some staff helping you flourish. No, so do I. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so exciting. And you know, like I said, the honeys have really embraced your brand and because your ethos really align with the ethos of my show and the Brocks are bomb as fuck. I mean that like number one, even if you don't give a shit about the earth, if you don't give a shit about people, like what if the products are bomb. So like you win either way. Yeah. So for me, the number one reason why I left my job was to prove that you can have that sort of formula that is long wearing, mm -hmm. that has beautiful buttery textures that are multi-use, that literally can stand up to any of your favorite conventional beauty brands because people have this misconception that clean beauty doesn't work as well. And I'm here to change their mind. But I realized that a lot of people who started beauty brands at the time in clean beauty didn't come from the beauty industry. So the closest one was really like Rosemary, who is a makeup artist, but that's still different from a product developer. And I like to say that I was raised with Sephora and their clients because you will instantly know if they hate something. Like people do not hold back in this space. So when I would launch right. products there, 
we would just watch the ratings and reviews like a hawk. And then that would teach me more so than anything else on what the client is really looking for. So having that sort of knowledge and taking that with a clean beauty lens has just really made me not launch anything until it's up to my own status quo, which is another reason why I haven't taken traditional funding, um, which we can get into in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I really like being able to hold stuff back until it's really ready. But as far as other changes, so there's so much stuff that's going on on the sustainable side. So we launched carbon neutral shipping. Mm -hmm. So you can choose if you want to add back to be able to reduce your carbon footprint when it comes to shipping the actual packaging to you. However, when the pandemic hit, everybody just started ordering everything online and we were inundated with boxes after boxes everywhere. And there's some crazy statistic on like how much like cardboard has. I don't up. even want to know. You should see my garage. Totally. It's so, really bad. Yeah. And you know, I was approached by this company called box and it's B O X. They have a mm-hmm. really cool concept. I actually am glad you said that. Cause I thought it was books. Yeah. I go back and forth. I think it's box. <laughs> And it's just spelled that way because um, mm-hmm. books is a little weird, but um, it is weird. And, and that's why I'm happy that you brought it up. Cause I was yeah. going to be like, Tyler, tell me about books. And you would have been like, it's actually box. And I would have uh-huh. gone cool, cool, man. But they're taking this milk jug concept where we used to return our milk jugs or you still can at Whole Foods, but concept to shipping. So basically if you order a product from Aether Beauty, it comes in this box. Oh, box. I have it. I was going to bring it out. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh, nobody can see this video except us, but no I did keep it and I am excited about it. It is made from material that is, it's not paper. It's like a harder sort of plastic material. However, it can be reused up to a hundred times um, or even more. And what happens is you get it as the client purchasing something. And then there's a QR code and the QR code it like shows you how to fold the box. So the box folds flat, like origami style, and it comes with a shipping label and it just gets shipped back. So that box can just get reused over and over again. You don't even have to go to a specific place to drop it off. Um, So it's really reduced our carbon footprint by over 75%. Can you imagine if Amazon did that? Why aren't they? Yeah. It's so dumb. I want the whole company. I want, you you said on Nashville last time you heard, you're like, I want everyone to rip me off. I want everybody to do sustainable, recyclable packaging like me. Totally. Hey, Amazon, rip off books. Okay. And yeah, I said books. I said books. (laughs) Rip off books, Amazon, or call them. Yeah, call them. How I call them. (laughs) Call books. Okay. Or box. Give them the business. We all need to be doing that. Totally. But like, I want to throw up. When I see those boxes, it's disgusting. Yeah. And it's with everything. You buy something from Amazon and every single thing comes in its own box. It's It's ridiculous. It's disgusting. Yeah. So come on, um, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. I know. But anyway. Can you explain to us what is carbon neutral shipping and how does it work? I literally don't even know. I just nod along like I do. Okay, so basically it's an app I use and it Mm -hmm. measures the carbon. So it has, so from on my back end, which the client doesn't see, Mm -hmm. basically they're able to measure between the distance and the weight of the package, how much carbon is going to be produced to ship that item to you. And that means a plane and cars in some instances? Correct. 
Yes. Okay. And it creates a calculation. And basically what happens is that you're buying back your carbon credit. So it's usually with different resources that that counterbalance it, like planting more trees or doing buying things that are actually taking out the carbon from the actual air. So ours actually partners to be able to plant more trees. So it's a really cool concept and it's super, it's actually not that expensive. So it's less than a dollar to be able to add to your order. In some cases, it's like a few cents, um, but it does honeys make do all it. the difference. Please do it, honeys. Okay. I love that. Every company should be doing that. And you keep hearing these terms too, I'm sure carbon positive. So there's like all this sort of companies coming out where their production creates more oxygen and counterbalances the bad stuff that gets produced with their goods. So it's a really, it's, it's a thing. And it's interesting to see more businesses come to the table with some interesting ideas. Where are these pallets actually manufactured? Oh, yeah. So they're all manufactured in the U.S. Some future products could potentially be made in Canada or the EU, but I do not manufacture in China. Already is a smaller carbon footprint than a lot of makeup brands that we use. A hundred percent. But unfortunately, what happens with China is also the low labor costs. So Mm -hmm. I always tell people because there's this sort of rush for the bottom, like race for the bottom with brands just producing all these goods all the time. How cheap can you get them? Like you can buy makeup now at freaking Home Depot or wherever you go. Literally. You literally. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven has a makeup brand. I know. And you're just like inundated and it's just so much crap and it's just lower costs, lower costs and people don't realize what they're paying for and I always tell people if something seems really cheap there's usually like a a hidden human cost and just with manufacturing in China like workers make about $300 a month working like 80 hours a week so that's like average which depending on where you are the region you can work 60 hours 80 hours without it being like illegal but most people work 80 hours a week they live at their factories they don't get to see their families unless it's like the chinese new year or something so it's not really a lifestyle that these people can really live on and for me it's really about making sure where i'm producing something or where i'm sourcing something these people are making a livable wage you know there's lots of topics about this i can discuss mm-hmm. but That to me is super important, especially I used to work prior to Sephora. My background's actually in fashion design. And I used to travel to China once every two months back in the day before iPhones, before all this stuff, and go to factories that were spread out all over China. And I worked for a company that was very small. So our minimum orders were very small. So we worked with companies that were, you know, not really the best manufacturers you can work with. And I saw a lot of child labor. I saw a lot of horrible living conditions. I saw a lot of things I wish I could unsee. And I was very young in my career. And, but it always stuck with me. Like I never, I voiced it to the owner, but it wasn't a concern of the owner. So it wasn't my business. It wasn't anything I could really influence to change. But I was just like, there's always somebody making something at the end. And so if I can make sure that my everybody who's touching this brand is making a fair wage and I can still be profitable and I can still compete with the rest of them, 
then the rest of them are going to compete to catch up to me and it's going to cost them more money. But there is, you know, another hot topic with child labor that just came out is with sugarcane plastics. I'm not sure if you saw that. No, but I would love for you to tell us more. And also just want to point out if anyone wants to hear more about this, (sighs) listen to Tyler's first episode of Nash View. It was summer 2019. We, she gets into a lot of this stuff as well. So just really do a deep dive on Aether. Yeah, so not to digress, but I always, I'm very weary about green plastics, Mm -hmm. right? So biodegradable, sugarcane plastic, all of it. There's different types of bioplastic to put them all in one bucket. Some are recyclable, some are not. There's lots of stream issues with them in general. But for me, at the end of the day, I was always like, but you're making more plastic, no matter what you're doing, you're making a new resource. And we have 53 million tons of plastic already on this earth. Like whatever you're making into plastic, whether it be sugarcane, whether it be oyster shells, whether it be corn, whether it be whatever, you're making freaking plastic. And we're just calling it a fancier name to make us all feel better. To distract us. So there's this thing with sugarcane that I've gotten to arguments with people about because Sugarcane is like the the second usage of it. So basically mm-hmm. when people make sugar, they have the sugar kind of like bamboo sticks left when they can't be used for another pressing. So they're like, we're using this resource that would just been thrown out, which yeah, sounds good. But I like, I just never trust packaging manufacturers because they'll sell you like Emperor's New Clothes and sell you a song and dance. And if you don't know any better, which a lot of brands are jumping on this train, you're utilizing something that could actually be worse. Um, And whenever you're using a natural resource, you're basically using something that could be planted for food instead to make plastic. So that was always a big no. And then there's also statistics about the all the pesticides that's being used Mm. to create these Mm. natural ingredients to make plastic. And I'm just like, oh my God, we're just making the situation worse. And then there was an article that comes out that with sugarcane, how there's a ton of child labor that's going on. Yeah, I had a feeling this was coming. The sugar trade is notoriously really ugly. This goes back to like slavery days. It's, It's just a bad, it's a dirty industry, sugar in general. Totally. It's just, it just never sat right with me. And I'm glad I never caught on with this usage of this material because Mm -hmm. I just never bought it. I just never bought into the hype of we're making more plastic, no matter what you're calling it. And there's all these statistics when you're talking about the biodegradable plastic is basically BS. It's just marketing. Yeah. It's just marketing. Did you, do you watch John Oliver? He did a plastic episode. I literally was in tears. I was so mad. It was was I was like, did he get my presentation? Because that is what I teach. I teach exactly what he said at like fit. I've taught it at different courses and stuff, which I was just happy. I wasn't like mad, but I was like, oh my God. I was like screaming at my husband. This is what I've been talking about. Yeah. That's what happened to me too. Ben was in the other room and I, we always watch it together, but he was like, oh, you're going to have some feelings about John (laughs) Oliver this week. And it, oh, it's just so bleak. Oh, I hate it so much, but it neat. People need to know this. People need no, to know totally. this. And, and it's shitty like, that it falls on the consumer when yeah. really it's the manufacturers who need to be held accountable, I but we can do what we need that to do. Commercial. So I literally right. show that commercial to people and yeah. it was the American can company that was behind it. 
And even, so they even got environmentalists behind it because nobody knew who made the commercial. And it was the most run commercial ever, ever that they kept. It stuck with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For people who don't know, it's the, it's the anti-litter campaign that started, when did it start? The 80s? During the first, it was the first Earth Day, basically what happened. And what happened was... All of these large can companies like Coca-Cola or whatever started switching to plastic is what happened. And there were all these coalitions that were trying to get together to ding them and like right. get them to pay fees and all this stuff. And what happened was behind their backs, they got together and they made this commercial, which is a commercial of an actor playing a Native American Indian who is not a Native, not a Native American person. And so that itself has issues with it. Right. But he's like on a like canoe and he basically is shaming us for for not throwing away our bottles and cans exactly like and then it made everybody say like there's all this litter yeah Mm -hmm. and so it teaches you that it's your fault that there's litter it's not these companies fault and that is truly a genius a genius con if i do say so myself a hundred percent yeah that is like exactly the opposite of what i created with this brand like i right believe it excuse me i believe brands like should be responsible for their packaging imagine if i was taxed because my products if i made something else that went into our streams that our street will cost towns so much money to run their recycling facilities so many so much so that they're closing left and right so over 500 different recycling facilities closed last year and people are incinerating instead because now we have this huge overload of waste china's not taking our recyclables now we're trying to like scramble to figure out other countries yeah, to basically take our trash y'all like, need to watch just... this john oliver it's upsetting <laughs> but it's you it, know it, we should know this stuff though. we should and we should yeah. be talking about it i know it's not the most exciting attribute glamorous topic but i really encourage my listeners to evaluate your own choices and get involved in on the local level in terms of these things because tyla's onto something and everyone's going to be copying her soon oh yeah one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Oh yeah. And the honeys can get involved with Aether Beauty if they'd like to, which is really why Tyla decided to come back on Edge Butte because she has launched a program for investing. So please tell us about that. Tell us how the honeys can help. To tell you why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So I've had investors knocking since day one, which sounds like an awful problem to have, right? But for me, the majority of these conversations were coming from VCs and like bankers. And there's some crazy statistic. There's over $70 trillion of like investment money. Trillion? Right? No, I know, right? Like, oh can I goodness. just have like a 1% of I know, of that? give me like a dollar. <laughs> and 1% of it is controlled by women who are investors. Damn. I know. 1%. 1%. And wow. then on top of it, with all these VC firms, 97% of them are owned by white men. Mm, and Jesus. I just never really stuck with me that if I am successful, 
these people are successful. And I, you know, a lot of these older white men that I sat across the table from didn't understand what I was doing, didn't ask a lot of condescending questions, and it just sat with me really wrong. And after a while, I'm not someone that comes from like the business world. Like sure, I have this background of Sephora, but I don't happen to have like friends that just happen to have an extra million dollars laying around. And so I'm not someone that's well-versed with like angels or stuff like that. When I started to think about it, I was like, you know what? Like how can I create a program where the people who have been my cheerleaders since day one, they get to succeed if I succeed? And I was actually on another podcast called Cause Artist, which is a pretty cool one that like people from all different backgrounds who do something for their greater good with their business. It's a good one. Um, the founder and I had a side conversation afterwards because I was just complaining about these VC experiences. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you should look into Republic. And so Republic is this platform that puts together both accredited and non-accredited investors. So what that means is you're non-accredited if you basically, I don't even know what it is, if you make less than $300,000 or there's some sort of threshold mm -hmm. that you have to have extra money and extra whatever to be an accredited investor. But I had family members that wanted to invest in friends and all this stuff. And I was like, how can I put them all together and manage it all and also open it up to my Aether Beauty peeps? Exactly. So what happens is in order to actually even get on this platform, A, you have to go through their due diligence. So I went through four months of their due diligence, which means their accountants, their lawyers, everyone was um, triple checking all of my financials, my paperwork, my legal paperwork, all that stuff, which is normal. And that's what usually happens if you get an investor. Mm -hmm. and, but they do that for you. And less than 3% of businesses pass and wow. make it onto their platform. So they're pretty stringent with their expectations because what happens is they actually become an investor as well. So they want to make sure that obviously you succeed and all that stuff. But it means anyone can invest in the brand. You can invest as little as $100. So you don't have to have like thousands of dollars to invest. What I always tell people is that it's always a risk whenever you invest anything that for me, like you should invest something that if you wanted to invest something that I'm very risk averse, something that like, if something was to happen, you lost your money, it wouldn't be, wouldn't put Devastate you Devastate you. Yeah. So, but if you have money to play with and are interested, it's a really interesting platform. So there's all different brands on there. There's, you can search from female brands to eco brands. There's lots of tech on there, but it's pretty cool because it's giving people a voice and a platform because there's so many small businesses that don't succeed because of cash. And I need cash in order to grow. That's just like any business sort of problem. And these VCs get to be the ones that like decide who's going to move forward or not, because they're the ones that are the cash cows looking for these unicorns. And there's plenty of brands that like are very successful that don't necessarily get the sort of attention that they should be getting. And people don't have this opportunity. So people don't offer this opportunity to the public. Usually all of these things are done privately. So can you imagine if we were like got an opportunity to like own a piece of Glossier or own a piece right. of drunk elephant or whatever. So I just really believe in, I've built this community and you know, if I'm successful, they're successful. 
but basically it's a, it's a round. So you're in an early stage round and you don't get anything back until basically I sell the business. So mm-hmm. we're looking at a few years sort of investment, but the numbers, if you go on there, you can look and there's a discussion board and there's a whole deck on there. If you want to learn more about what that really means, it's all on there. There's lots of legal things I'm like not allowed to talk about. I had to like file with the federal government and all this I mean, this stuff. is, I think this is super fun and exciting and I'm definitely going to invest. I'm telling you, you're on to the next thing. And honestly, your packaging, I mean, somebody's going to hit you up to subcontract your packaging to other brands because you have patents on all this i don't have patents on any of that stuff it's not patentable my husband's a patent lawyer and he's oh yeah but i do own my formulations honey i'm telling you this is where it's at and any honey that is using aether product knows that these products are in fact superior so everybody i think this is fucking cool i love it let's and then we can all go to our high school reunion and say oh yeah i'm an investor in a beauty brand (laughs) and we can all feel cool that is enough for me hell yeah i love that so where do the honeys go if they want to check out everything yep so if you want to go to my website it's aetherbeauty.com so a-t-h-r beauty Mm -hmm. instagram it's a-t-h-r beauty co tiktok is the same aether beauty if you want to go to the republic race so it's let me look it up it's republic and I want to remind the honeys, code Natch on the website gives you a discount. Code Natch. Yeah. That's right, honey. We did a code. Hell yeah. If you go to the Republic website, it's republic.co, and then you can search for Aether Beauty. Excellent. Yay. Okay, Tyla, let's end this by discussing your Desert Moon Illuminating Oil, which I've been wearing this every single day. I keep finding new fun things to do with it. I think your products have the most beautiful glimmer of any product. The little gorgeous, tiny particles of just glimmer. No one's doing it. No one. I've seen every product on the market. No one has your glimmer. And I know it's from your beautiful lab-created mica, honey. Mm-hmm. It's your beautiful lab-created mica we love. But tell us about this product. Yeah. So this one actually has diamonds in it. So real diamonds, but they're actually lab diamonds. So there's no like blood diamonds or anything like that. So they're all ethically sourced. So you get that really pretty glimmery sparkle, Mm, like literally who doesn't want to be dripping in diamonds, right? But it truly is a fast drying oil. So I know when you said dry oil, I didn't know what to expect. It's gone. It's yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah. So people say dry oil all the time and I'm always like greasing up and like still a grease pig sometimes, but this <laughs> literally dries down and that's the organic meadow foam skin oil. So that really just adds to, it just mm. absorbs into your skin really quickly, which is what you really want. You yes. don't necessarily want the oil to sit on top of your skin. Of course you want not. to nourish your skin and hydrate your skin. But This oil really is cool because, so the diamonds in it. So diamonds are really cool because they protect against EMFs, which do you know what that is? No. (laughs) So it's electromagnetic frequencies. So you're getting that from your computer. You're getting that from your phone. But diamonds actually can help protect against that absorption on your skin, which is really cool. What's your favorite way to wear this? I've been doing it. 
the end of my skincare routine and then mm. I'll put and then I'll put like a light concealer or a foundation over it or mm-hmm. I've been doing a little on my cheeks. I've been playing around with it though. I've been even your body. If you yep. put some of this in your hands and you put it all over you, you are like Rihanna. It is a glimmer moment that we all need for the summer, honey. Exactly. You could even put it in your hair. I've had someone put it in their hair. So you can definitely sparkle all around. But yes, just as you said, so definitely underneath your foundation, you can do, I do two or three drops like on my cheek as a highlighter. Mm -hmm. I love wearing stuff like this on my eyes and swipe it over as an eyeshadow, but I definitely like body oil me all up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's truly. And because it's not toxic, you could just put it anywhere. Exactly. I'll leave it up to your imagination. (laughs) (laughs) I do love it. And the bottle is stunning. And so how do you recycle this? Yeah. So it's glass. So Mm -hmm. depending on if your local facility takes glass or not. So not Mm -hmm. everybody does. Right. Um, Clear glass is the most recycled. So color glass is actually an issue. So people assume glass is glass, but not all apples are the same. Right. Um, So you can do that. The top you have to take apart. So it is silicone and then it's a glass dropper and take apart the ring around it. But I do have people already. I can't wait to reuse this bottle. Oh, it's yeah. so beautiful. I want it on my vanity. I'm going to put flowers in it. And I was like, yeah, I love these people. <laughs> oh, it would be so cute for little flowers. I yeah. love that. I'm telling you, I keep thinking of that John Art, that John Oliver episode. Wish cycling is what they called it when people just throw everything in the recycle bin. Well, I- when he said that, I was like, okay, he has my presentation. Because I've been calling it wish cycling forever. And I, like, it, my husband used to yell at me because he was the one that was like, you can't put that in the recycling bin. So San Francisco doesn't take that. Blah, right. blah, blah. And I'd be like such an epidemic. It's education for residents because nobody knows like a bottle. You can't recycle this because there's a label on it. Right. Totally. You have to yeah. take the labels off. Yeah. Which um, nobody does. So, so you can do biodegradable later labels though. Yeah. Uh, depends on the product with glass. I think you it depends where you are if you can leave the labels on because it'll burn off when they remelt them. But yeah, it literally depends on where you are. Like every place has different rules. So you're amazing. Just fanning myself with my aether palette. You're amazing. Oh, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, yeah. Tyler, I could talk to you all day. We could do a deep dive on recycling. We could do a deep dive on labor practices, but I'll let you go. You just have to come back and keep us updated. And then when all the honeys hit the jackpot from Aether in a few years, we're all going to go party somewhere. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. I know. Where should we go? I don't know. I was just thinking that. Yeah, you asked me my favorite destination, right? Oh, we didn't get to that question, but... Yeah, where would where would you like to go when we're back in the world? Is there a, oh is there a number goodness. one if spot? I go anywhere and like money wasn't an issue and not like carbon wasn't an issue for <laughs> yeah, like yeah. how far it took to get there. My most favorite place I've ever been is Mauritius. 
and that's off the coast of Madagascar. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you should look it up. It's where people in Europe, it's like their Hawaii, right? <gasps> oh, yeah. But it makes Hawaii look like nothing. Like they call it like the lost, what was it? Like Atlantis or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's all these stories around that. But it's really cool because it's a blend of different um, cultures. So it's Indian, it's African, and it's French. But it's its own country. It's its own country. It's so cool. And the people are so nice. The food is amazing. It's all fusion of all those three different types of countries. So it and gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. I oh, went there wow. for my 10th wedding anniversary and I've always wanted to go back. Guess what? That's where the Aether Party is going to be, okay? Twenty five. Whenever it's, we'll be there. Oh, I'm down for 2025. Let's okay. do this. Okay, done. I can't wait. Tyla, thank you as always for being here and updating us and giving us your wisdom and your beautiful products. I truly don't wear anything other than Aether anymore. I have every palette, so I have pretty much every color now that I could ever need for anything. So, honeys, if you haven't by now, check it out. And thank you for joining us on Nashville today. Uh, You deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And don't forget to cream your neck and keep your fringe fresh. Tyla, do you cream your neck? Cream it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I cream everything. Of course you cream your neck. (laughs) Exactly. Of Of course she does, everybody.